Welcome to the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show. We are your hosts. I'm Emily Valentine from Style Me Tactical. And I'm Amy Robbins from Alexo Athletica. We are a lifestyle show meant to empower women to live confident, prepared, and self-reliant lives. We talk everything from our favorite beauty products to concealed carry firearms and everything in between. We bring guests on our show with compelling stories that will inspire and encourage you in your journey. Now, you can not only listen to the audio, part of the Concealed Carry Network, on your favorite podcast streaming service, but you can also watch our show by going to OpsLens.com or downloading the OpsLens app. This episode is brought to you by ConcealedCarry.com, the Concealed Carry community's number one resource for training, education, and concealed carry weapon law information. Check out their reciprocity map builder tool where you can build your own custom reciprocity map, especially if you have multiple state permits. ConcealedCarry.com has a huge library of articles about training, gear reviews, and industry news. ConcealedCarry.com also has one of the nation's largest networks of firearms and self-defense instructors. Chances are they have classes and instructors near you. Also, look into the Concealed Carry Gun Tools app, which takes many of these online tools and puts them in the palm of your hand, free of charge and free of ads, available for Apple and Android devices. Well, jumping right in to our very first episode. Did you guys know that 41% of women actually choose running or walking as their daily activity of choice? Well, I'm one of those women. And out of those women, 54% have actually worried about being assaulted while they're walking or running. 43% of them have been harassed at some point, and 30% of women have reported being followed. It was those statistics, coupled with my own experience while training for a marathon, that actually led me to create my company, Alexa Athletica, and what brought me together with our very first guest today. So our guest is no stranger to the reality of the evil that is in this world. Having a background in all kinds of things, such as the Dallas SWAT, the DOD, and much more, he is here today to share for the very first time his heartbreaking story of how he actually became such an advocate for women taking their safety into their own hands, especially while exercising. You may recognize his face from TV shows such as uh, The Real Housewives of Dallas, Dallas SWAT, and many more. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to our show today, Mr. Rich Emberlin. Hey, Rich, how are you? Thanks Rich, for having me on. thank you for coming on our show. <laughs> Absolutely. First, this is so you know, we've moved our format from <laughs> just being an audio show. Now we actually have to get our makeup on. We have, have to, to put do on our some hair. Clothes. You know, I think a lot of people might even think we might have coordinated our outfits, <laughs> Rich. Camo. We did. <laughs> I, I love the green. olive green at home for this. <laughs> You're very tactical chic today. You look very nice. Um, but thank you for coming on our show. Really, thank you for having me. Of, of course. I mean, we, we know there's a lot of firsts here today, mm-hmm. and the fact that you are sharing this story with us for the very first time, um, you, you haven't talked a lot about this, it really means a lot to us. And we wanted to just kick things right out of the gate with you, because the story that you had to tell and share with us today actually is the entire mm-hmm. reason why we are doing everything that we're right. doing. Um, and so I really want just to, let's just kick yeah, it off and tell it. us what happened uh, in 1983. Well. In 1983, I was uh, going to North Texas, and I was dating a girl named Diana, and she used to run at night, and I would go running with her, even though I didn't like running, because I told her it was dangerous. You know, college campus, anywhere is. And it's, you know, most crimes happen in low light, Mm -hmm. and uh, so I'd 
put on my shoes and go running with her every night. And we went home for Christmas break in 1983. My dad was also in the Air Force. I was up in Spokane at a base called Fairchild Air Force Base. And she was at Nellis Air Force Base. Her dad was a pilot as well. And she went running on the night of December 30th and never came home. Wow. Her dad reported her missing at about 8 o'clock, went out searching for her. They couldn't find her. And what had happened was she was out running. She had um, a Sony Walkman on, and she was approached by a, a guy in a truck who kidnapped her, took her out to an, a developing part of the desert. They were building stuff out there mm. and raped and killed her. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. And I found out the next morning, December 31st, they called the house and my dad answered the phone. He said, hey, some detective wants to talk to you. And I said, from where? And he said, Las Vegas. And her father hadn't called me yet because uh -huh. he was broken. He was destroyed. That's yes. what the parents were. And he said, this is uh, Detective Dillard with Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. Homicide. I regret to tell you that Diana Hansen's been murdered. And... I realize now, and my dad told me later, it was mostly to make sure I was where I was at because I was a person of interest, sure. which would make sense, you know, but there's no way I could get to Spokane, you know, in a matter of hours. But mm -hmm. it was to also tell me because his father or her father couldn't. And uh, he couldn't give me too many of the circumstances, obviously. You, you, and it's still technically an open case. It's called the JK, the jogger killer. And uh, they, they, surmise that she got taken to the desert and she actually ran away from the guy really but she ran into a chain link fence around this construction site just smashed into oh. it and he raped her and stabbed her seven times and killed her and when i saw you on linkedin and the leggings you had designed i went i have got to talk to this girl i mean it was just like god made this happen yeah yeah seriously I, I, that's i i felt that too because it's so crazy you know for for me, I said I, I had a personal experience with why I wanted to create Alexa. My personal experience did not end that way, but I realized, you know, I, I had just been followed mm -hmm. um, while I was training for a marathon. I was in the middle of nowhere. And I think for many women, we just, there's things you don't think about until it happens to you. Mm -hmm. You get comfortable right. running in the areas or exercising in the places right. that you're used to. Nothing's ever happened to you before. And it wasn't until that day that I had this car come over the hill slow down, follow me, turn around, do the same thing. That was the first time in my head I was like, you know what, this is, this is actually, it could be a concern. Well, I sure. think we, it, going running and exercising is such a normal, natural thing and wanting to go on a run, especially if you're doing anything long distance, like it's a release and like it's so innocent to just want to go out there and go running and go running in whatever path that you want. Right. So, you know, it's unfortunate that we have to think about like the potential of that of what can happen but i know mm -hmm. in rural areas if you go for a run and you're doing any kind of distance in order to go that distance you're going to end up getting farther and farther away from people it's going to be sure. in like open areas and yeah it's and i can tell you from working in dallas as a police officer for 30 years it'll happen in a very populated area right as well. I mean, right people exactly just come right up off the trail and snatch you and it's happening yeah, well, we know that because you're in D.C. Yeah, and that happened with Wendy Sullivan, yep. uh, Wendy Martinez. Yes, um, in, in D.C. just a right, few months ago, right yeah. downtown, running down the street at at a uh, intersection, and just right. waiting to cross, and then she was a stab. And like so, Amy says, it always happens to the other person. And always. You know, that's how we were on the police department. I'm not going to get shot. 
I'm not going to get stabbed. Well, I got stabbed one day and it, I was the other person, you know. Yeah. So you got to keep your head on a swivel. And I just, when I first saw those, I thought, oh my gosh, if she just would have had those, she could have had pepper spray, OC, mm-hmm. taser, something. a gun, yeah. anything. Yeah. Just something because most criminals are cowards. Yeah. And as soon as they're confronted with somebody right. that's willing to defend themselves. Yeah. They get scared. Because they're not expecting that. They're not. No. They just expect that they're going to be able to attack attack someone and not realize that, you know, you don't, you don't know what the skill or what kind of training this person has. Right. Especially females, you know. Right. Exactly. Running down a trail. There's an easy target. She's got her earbuds on. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have her head on a swivel. And that's what I tell Mm -hmm. people. You've got to have situational awareness. I know you want to listen to your music, but don't. Even when I was up in New York, I, I used to watch the women and guys too would walk around with their heads down and their earbuds in because they didn't want to make eye contact with anybody. Yeah. That's who it's, criminals target. It's right. getting so much worse <clears throat> now with people's just you know lack of awareness and yeah. I think just the, the way we're more we've got reliant more right, you know? on our, on our sure. phones and stuff that it's just like everyone is head down. You know, I'm in downtown DC and I, you know, I don't listen to music anymore on my way to work. I don't do any of that. Like right. if I need to use my phone or send a text or whatever, I just kind of step over to the side, back to a wall, and then do what I need to do and then keep going. But there's so many people that I see head down. And like my husband's always like, I think you need to get on your soapbox at the corner of the street with your like megaphone right. because like I'll walk by some <laughs> of these people <laughs> and I'm like, you're not paying attention. Lift your head up your phone. Like, and it's just like, oh my God, I don't, they don't get it. Like yeah. if I, they're just not paying attention. No. And it's just, it's got to start there. When you're your right. story to me made the statistics that I read, the statistics I read at the beginning of this show came right out of Run- Runner's World magazine. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they did a big poll because obviously this is an issue. Mm-hmm. And obviously like there's, there's things that women think about that maybe men don't think about, especially when they go exercise yeah. and when they go run. But your story hit home. Like it made it a reality because it was somebody that I know personally mm-hmm. and this happen to them. It's di- it's very different when you watch Dateline and yeah, you hear sure. that it happens out there. It happens to somebody else, but yeah. you had an actual personal experience with this. Yeah, and it was going to be the other person all the time, and when they mm-hmm. told me, it, I spent the next four or five hours going, they, they, I have to call them back. They're obviously wrong. You know, she can't be dead. Yeah. And then it just yeah started having to deal with it, you know, mm-hmm. and talking to her parents and where do we bury her? And because we're military people, you know, he, yeah. I said, bury her in Denton. That's where we're all going to school. That's where all our friends are. So she's up there now. Did that have any effect on you in choosing your career path moving it forward? Did. Or, or it did. did. I, I wanted to serve my country, you know, in some form or fashion. And prior to this injury that I got not too long ago, I had been shot in the eye with a BB gun as a kid. I was the Christmas story kid, but it actually hit my eyeball and it wrecked my vision to about 2030 in that eye. And I couldn't get into pilot training, which is all I ever wanted to do is fly like my dad, you know, in the Air Force. And I failed my physical and I thought, well, how else can I serve people? I'll do it in the city of Dallas and maybe I can help people prevent prevent some crimes, prevent more, you know, Diana Hansons from Mm -hmm. happening and just. So I go around speaking all the time and, and telling people it's just situational awareness, protect yourself, carry yourself. And if you're going to carry something, don't be afraid to use it. Mm-hmm. I see so many people that carry guns, mm-hmm. men and women, and they go, man, I don't know if I could shoot somebody. Well, they can from really? personal experience. 
I've been shot at before, and it's real easy to shoot back. Mm -hmm. But some people might not have it in them, you know, so maybe yeah. they need to step it down to OC spray. Right. You know, a little zap of that. Baby will, steps to kind of yeah. up. I just yeah, don't they, understand that mentality of, like, if you're going to bring a deadly weapon like a firearm into your life, how you, how you cannot ask yourself that question is, if I need to use it, am I going to be willing to do whatever it well, takes? Well, because women are, to I think, for, especially for women, I see this a lot with women, and I think it, it played a part of my life, too. You know, we're, we're taught to be nice yes. to people. We're taught to smile, mm -hmm. even if it's a stranger. Mm -hmm. Like, be nice, be, be caring, be mm -hmm. kind. And when you're in that kind of situation, you know, the, the thing that freed me was when we went to a training yeah. one year, some of our Navy SEAL buddies uh, did hand-to-hand -hand combatives, blade training, pistol, mm -hmm. defensive pistol training. The first thing they said right out of the gate was, we give you permission to be violent mm -hmm. in this class. Right. And I was like, why are they giving us permission to be violent? And then I realized it's because all of us were like, like tapping the bag, yeah. we were like kicking the, the person that was attacking right. us, and they're, and they're like, like, no, like, no, force, do violence. It. Like, and it was the first time in my life I was like, oh my gosh, like if this actually was happening to me right now, I need to just unleash and not You're not fighting care. for your life. Uh -huh. Right. And I, don't think <coughs> you... I always say, I tell people, cheat, gouge eyes, uh -huh. kick men in the groin if you have to, <laughs> right. you know, right. to punch, punch them in the throat and, and keep bringing it because yep. they'll back down right. eventually uh -huh. or the fight's on and you did everything you could. Yeah. yeah. People just don't expect women especially to turn around and go, all right, dude, let's mm -hmm. do this. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that scares off a lot of suspects yeah. because y'all look like easy picking sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, and men too. Yeah. But depending on what, what they're doing, but you've got to bring things with you, whether it's a gun, taser, OC spray, a stick, a knife, whatever, and be willing to use it. And we, all, we have the saying in the police department, every call, whether it's a lost child or a shooting, involves a firearm because I bring one with me. And 85% of officers that get their gun taken from them get them used on them uh, and so killed by them. Yeah. So you got to learn. I'm sure they taught you retention, mm -hmm. you know, techniques yep. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's not just the shooting part because yep. we don't want to shoot people, but right, we have right. to sometimes. But just presenting it in a fashion, you know, not like this, but, yes. you know, if you come up with this, somebody's going to, a suspect, career criminal is going to mm -hmm. go, okay, this person knows a little bit more right. about my crime right. than I might know about it. Right. Well, because I think like most of the criminals don't even really know how to actually use a firearm. They're just grabbing it and then using it for intimidation. And then they do. They, you're, you're right. They don't know how to use it. But here's something I learned in my career. They're less nervous when they're in a deadly force confrontation mm. because these gangsters and other criminals I've been in a ton of shootings. Sure. Mm -hmm. They may not have killed somebody. Yeah. But, you know, things happen when you get, when I got in a shooting, a man, a man was, uh, it was a hostage deal, and a, a guy killed his son in front of me when we made entry because he was, uh, that's what hostage takers sometimes do. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had auditory shutdown. I, I was firing an M16, basically, an M4 in an apartment. Wow. I could hear the bolt cycle, but I couldn't hear the bullet. And he was shooting a 44 and a 45 oh at me and the child. And I could hear the, 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 the bolt cycling, but, and all I saw was that gun, you know. Mm -hmm. You don't see anything else. I didn't even get a sight picture up, but because I had training, yeah. you know, and I'd done it thousands and mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of times, I hit the guy. Yeah. And I don't even remember getting a sight picture, but I was pretty close to him, too. So muscle memory. Yes. You, know, you hear that yeah. all the time in your training classes. That's why they encourage like, your dry firing and, oh, yes. and drawing yeah. from your concealment all the time. Because when it comes down to those moments, which 
I've never been in that before. Right. So I'm speaking clearly from theoretical perspective Neither had here. I. It was the other guy. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, yeah. I was that guy. Well, yeah. I, actually, when it happened, it happened so That's the thing, the speed with which it happens. You yeah. know, I fired my rounds, and for a second, I went, who shot him? But I yeah. was the only person in the room. Yeah. And then you kind of catch up to events, and I realized it was me. Yeah. And oh my gosh, where's this kid? And I rolled this guy off, and the kid was already deceased. But um, it happens really quickly, and you'll remember. It happens so fast that you'll go home that night and remember things that happened that you didn't put in. We have to make a statement mm -hmm. that you didn't put in your statement. You're like, I want to go amend my statement. I just yeah. remembered that I did this because it was a matter of seconds, and it's a deadly force confrontation. Mm -hmm. I used to always wonder why, as police officers, we work so hard on shooting. But I know now when it comes down sure. to it, yeah. it's, it's life or death. I would love to know from your perspective, obviously you have experience with pepper blasters, with tasers, with firearms, with everything. Mm -hmm. You know, from the perspective, if we've got uh, women that are listening to this mm -hmm. podcast today and they said, okay, we want to go run and maybe we want to keep something with us. Maybe we want to put it in our Alexo pans. You know, from mm -hmm. your perspective, walk us through kind of like what should they take into consideration when they're trying to look at self-defense tools? What is effective? What is not effective? Um, to get back to your point, go with something you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have any firearms experience, don't do that. And even if you're going to use an OC spray or pepper spray, practice, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and they make them as small as this with a little chain, like a keychain. Yeah. And I've also seen about the OC, some of the OC sprays is they make a, they make a training OC spray oh, yeah. that's like waters. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. So then you can get one of those. So you can add that to learning how to yeah. actually use it. And the, there's different strengths yeah. too, right? I yeah, mean, there's uh, different potencies, mm -hmm. different oil-based, and then there's water-based. And you can start out with very small potency. But I'll tell you from being zapped with this stuff on a regular basis, <laughs> because when cops get into what we call, what do they call it, polyester pig piles or something, <laughs> somebody starts spraying it, you're going to spray all the cops as well. And so I can't tell, and I teach this. I'm a master instructor in this stuff. I can't tell the difference from the highest potency from the lowest. It's all bad. Really? Yeah. That's I good can't to know. It, but there is a difference, yeah. you know, and you use higher potencies for crowd can control. Mm -hmm. And there's foams to kind of, if you're in an in interior environment like a jail or a courthouse and you don't want to get everybody. Okay. Uh, makes and sense. And then there's stream, but you're right. They make inert um, sprays that you can practice with. And it comes in a green bottle and it's just got propellant and alcohol in it and you can just practice spraying on you know well i i laugh targets. sometimes with with the sprays because i think people don't even think about this you know what if you're in a situation and it's really windy and you haven't even determined yeah. yet where the wind is blowing i mean that that's I such a good point i it's, don't think though that's gonna come back yeah, in your face you know is that something that you would think about probably not right and then you have to though but then what do you do i mean like if you after were training, that though, you'd say do i want to mist because there's a there's a mist yeah. you would want to stream yeah and it's a it's a fine line and it'll go from here it'll go 20 feet mm -hmm. yeah and that's what you would want on, on in a running environment mm -hmm. or a training environment or yeah you do the, the the mistings or the misters that's for crowd control you want something that is a direct fire and you right shoot right the, in the okay. eyes yeah and everybody's fine it's peppers mm -hmm. it's yeah it's just pepper oil it won't kill them. You can't, you know, you can't really hurt them. I mean, you'll yeah. hurt them, but 
I always think that that would give them more time to get away because I've I think through these scenarios all the time when I go running, especially when I used to run in the country. I would have to think before I started. Car- I didn't used to carry anything with yeah. me except for my phone. Right. And what was that going to do? <laughs> nothing. You know, nothing. <laughs> you know, I I would plan my escape routes. I'd be like, okay, I think if they're coming this way, you're right. I jump the barbed wire fence. Like I was thinking through all these scenarios. And then once I did start carrying tools, I'm like, okay, I need to think through this. So I would think, okay, would a taser, if I tase you, how quickly do I have, you know, and a lot of tasers last about, if it has the prongs, like 30 seconds, I think, when you deploy it. Okay, so that gives me 30 seconds and I still got to run away. But you still, some of the tasers, you have to make contact with somebody. The stun guns. And the stun guns stop working the second you remove it. Right. So then you got a pissed off perpetrator who is going to run even faster towards you. You know, so I start thinking, okay, efficacy and what really does give me the best fighting chance to not only get away, but to Mm -hmm. survive. And I've narrowed my options down, you know, for people. But I just want people to know how things work and what mm-hmm. their options are outside of that because you know there's there are things out on the market that are more effective than others that will really give you a fighting sure. chance to survive and, right and due to tv and movies even even firearms people mm-hmm. think i'm going to shoot that guy and he's going to go straight down no not all the time yep. give him another one you know mm-hmm. double tap right and and get a get a good sight picture if you can yep. because most people miss. Police officers only hit suspects about 15% of the time in shootings because they, they're they surprised because mm-hmm. it's always going to be the other guy and they're right, the, what they think is a traffic ticket and they go up to a car and they get shot at and they'll pull their gun the first round sometimes goes straight into the uh-huh. pavement uh-huh. and then they start bringing it up and they'll hit people like below the waist because I play a suspect in a lot of these active shooter things. Yeah. I never get hit up here. <laughs> you know, but these poor officers aren't getting enough training. You know, uh-huh. SWAT guys can put it on them pretty good but mm-hmm. we get way more more training We're yeah not better than them yeah we just have more time to do it but you got to be able to use it and follow up with it and then make your escape mm-hmm. and i like the fact that you brought up escapes i'm looking around this room i've got two escape routes right right in case you guys lose your mind <laughs> but everywhere i go i look at escape routes i look at p- potential threats you know if if i see somebody coming down the sidewalk i'll cross the street you know and I'm armed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't need the confrontation. Right. Why would you put yourself in that situation? Right. Yeah. If you can avoid it. Well, I, I think that is the common misconception a lot of times about people that carry. Mm-hmm. We're not looking for the fight. Right. No. We're actually looking for every way to get out of it. Right. It is our very last resort. Pulling my firearm is my very last resort because I have no other options. Mm-hmm. Right. Because at this point, the person is close enough to me, which, and I don't know the statistic, maybe you know this better than me, but how quickly... Does some, can someone get to you and it turned confrontational? I mean, it's seconds, right? I mean, milliseconds. Yeah. If somebody was 30 feet, and this is our industry standard, uh-huh. if there's a person with a knife 30 feet away from me, my gun is holstered, I'm a patrol officer, and he starts running at me, I can start shooting him because it, if he's 20 feet away, he'll get to me before I can get my gun out. It's just a weird, st- it's lag time. Mm-hmm. And plus, we have, this guy's already decided. Well, we're like, right. we're like, we've got a process. What's yeah. ha- what, what is happening? What do I You're do? Can, can I get out of this? Just like cops. Y'all are defensive. You're responding to an assault. This guy woke up today going, I'm going to go do something bad. Right, mm-hmm. right. So while he's closing the gap, we're trying to figure out and assess what actually is happening. Right, and it yeah. might be just moving laterally and getting to something. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, 
you've got your escape route planned out. Yep. You know? yep. But that's a lot more to process and think about than this person who's just beelining it right. to accomplish what they set out right. to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and yeah, so I, I do, I think about that all the time. I'm like, you don't have a lot of time. It's great if you can get out of the situation, but there are times when this is why we talk about having something with you for when you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got it there, you know. And there's nothing wrong. They asked us a question in the academy a million years ago, and they said, should you, like, daydream or fantasize about being in gunfights? And I went, I do, but I'm going to check no. (laughs) And I checked no, and they said, you better check yes. You better think about it all the time. You know, Mm. I lost an academy classmate. I was on the department 30 years and lost 31 colleagues. Yeah. You know, five in the first year, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and five in 20 minutes yeah. in 2016. That's it. That is, there's no difference in that in visualization to succeed. This is, this is talking life or death situations. Mm-hmm. You're visualizing to succeed. It's the same thing, you know, you did before sports games. Mm-hmm. You better be thinking about it. Right. If you want to win and succeed, right. it is a part of training because things that are constantly on the forefront of your mind, if you've already walked yourself through the scenario that I am going to save the people that are around me and I'm going to save myself, mm-hmm. that is positive affirmation and it's, it's there. It's in the forefront of your mind that if you find yourself in it, you're, you're not caught off guard as much. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's like part of the being prepared in the mindset. But I think mm-hmm. that also works in in like m- the same as like muscle memory, because if you in your head have visualized or have thought about different scenarios that mm-hmm. might happen or what you would do if you were, you know, walking down this street or running down this path or in this restaurant, if something were to happen mm-hmm. like that, th- that kind of situation has already kind of thought about in your head that mm-hmm. you can kind of react a little bit faster to help be like, oh, shit. But I think it's, it'd be great if y'all could bring people in here that have been mm-hmm. victimized and prevailed, you yes, know, as well exactly. as my, my story, which is not a good one, but she just didn't have the tools, just thought everybody was nice. And I, you know, I was, I went through the center for brain health for PTSD and you have to talk to the psychologist and she said, Rich, do you think it's a dangerous world? And I go, yes. She goes, not that dangerous. I go, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. I said, tell it to, it was a Friday afternoon. And I said, I 35 was out there behind her. I go, tell it to somebody who's going to get killed on that freeway tonight. Yeah. And somebody did. And I saw her the ne- next week and she said, don't say I told you. So I said, that lady thought it was a safe world and it wasn't. She got yeah. killed. Here's the thing for us that is so important. I, I believe with, with you sharing your story is every time you read about this stuff in the news, it always terminates in the end of the end of the story, mm-hmm. the news segment, with they're writing it up on this person died. They never then go right. into what if they had something. Right. What they can don't. we do? They don't want to provide never... any any ways to say, okay, how yeah. can you how can now we have the story, let's provide you some solutions or some ways that you right. can prevent this from let's happening. Help, let's start helping women start thinking, oh my gosh, this actually is happening. What can I do mm-hmm. now to protect oh, and prevent myself? PC to say, well, go of, get a gun well, and of course. get some training or go do the combatant stuff, right. you know. I that's know. No, no bueno on the But that is PC. not helping women. Like that provide, is not, we really want to empower women these days. Let's empower them to say, this doesn't have to happen to you. Because right. those articles, like that, those, those media outlets are reaching so many people and mm-hmm. so many women that mm-hmm. why not use that platform help provide a means for these women to help defend themselves or to you know just guide them in a direction to get them you know we always talk about it. it's about starting that conversation with yourself to get you thinking about yeah. okay what would i do 
And then that could hopefully lead you down down the path of figuring it out. It's just, I'm just waiting. I'm just praying for the day that uh, the Real Housewives of Dallas decide to let you go on <laughs> and and actually use the story for good. Do sure. something to help mm -hmm. women. I mean, we're we're in Dallas of all places. We're yeah. pretty uh, firearm friendly state and area. You know, like I would love to see a platform like that and somebody actually say, you know what, this is right. This is true. Let's get our women trained. Mm -hmm. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> I've asked. Spoiler alert. They probably will do this. I've asked to take the girls out and teach them how to shoot because every one of them comes up to me. And says, teach me how to shoot. Sure. I go, I'll teach your husband how to shoot too. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, let's all go to the range. And they, yeah. they did one episode where they did it, but it was kind of half-baked. You know, For it was the, more yeah. drama and talking yeah. about each other right. while they were yeah. shooting, you know. <laughs> yeah. well, I want to teach you firearm techniques, reloading techniques. You know, I want to see their outfits when they go to the range. <laughs> can we do a specific, can we do a uh, Not Your Average Gun Girls exclusive? Just tell us when you're going. We'll just get pictures in the background. Yeah. We can, we can photo bomb us. I'll tell you, Cam, for anybody that knows Cam, she wears pink everywhere. She sat next to me at this luncheon the other day, and she goes, I have a new pink revolver. Will you teach me how to shoot it? I said, absolutely. <laughs> See, this, this is what I'm talking about. We need we need the Real Housewives of Dallas crew, yeah, like uh -huh. the, like the girls next time, you know, right. to to give us their just their range fashion. And tips, my girl, yeah. the answer is I've got a 357 Sig. Of course, of course, not, you would. It's yeah, not tricked out. It's the it's just what it is. You know, yeah, factory model. Right. Yeah, but they all work. Well, I I just think it is just somebody like that, like a show like that mm -hmm. that has so many fans and so oh many gosh. people are and watching they're all it. And women. Exactly, you know, women that the actually husbands can will lie and say they don't watch it, but they do. I know. <laughs> we we know, but I'm like the it could actually do so much I good. I mean, I I love Real Housewives. It gives yeah. a great it's a great entertainment. Mm -hmm. You leave reality, but yeah. for a second like to be able to do something on that level to mm -hmm. You never know whose life right. you could be saving well, from something like that. Well, what y'all are doing here, I promise you, you keep doing this, somebody's going to come in here and say they learned something from y'all that saved their life, and it'll be a great story. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that's that's what we hope. That's, that's what we want. You know, we, we want to reach all the women and yeah. the men to, to bring that awareness and, and to mm -hmm. get them to start thinking about it. Because, right. you know, it's something that we're both so passionate about, why we yeah. have our own businesses, why we wanted to start doing you know the podcast and now with the mm -hmm. show just well people ask me all the time they're like have you gotten an email yet that someone used your pants while they were running to defend and protect themselves i'm like i have not gotten that email yet and honestly <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like i'm not looking for that i don't want that. to get that e like i hope it I it's hope, a good story yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. you know but but like that's not my goal. My goal is to give people resources and tools so that they never have to mm -hmm. use it, you right. know, prepare them prior to right. the firearm. It's the situational awareness. Mm -hmm. It's the preparation. It's what your blog talks so much right. about is like everything leading up to needing it. Your tool is your last resort. Right. Your right. tool is what you have with you because nothing else worked. And you're mm -hmm. prepared. You mm -hmm. happen to be prepared. So no, I never want to get that email. Yeah. But yes, if it happens one day, like, will I be happy that we were able to provide mm -hmm. that awesome but yeah i'm it, like that's just similar a... to what we do at uh Spiraland. we have a calendar with saves from bullet resistant vests 
and every day of the year has at least five guys on it. Wow. You know, it's like they're up into the thousands. That's cool. For people yeah. that have been saved. And I think it'd be great to have mm-hmm. good stories of yeah. your saves. Yeah. Are they yeah. writing, are people writing into Safari Land and letting them know what happened? They order new vests when they have a bullet hole. <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> That's go. That's how you know. That's how we know. <laughs> That's how you know. Okay. It's the vest with the hole in it. Let's contact this guy. <laughs> And and I've had I've had one friend that's been shot three times, and they finally let him go to the range. This guy was a bullet magnet. He wasn't doing anything wrong. It was just you know wrong place, wrong time. And he's on that calendar at three separate dates. You know, but he's alive. (laughs) Did he get his autograph now? (laughs) (laughs) Get it soon. (laughs) Oh my goodness! Wow. That's how they. That's how we track that. And a lot of people. My my dad's friends. My dad never had to bail out of a plane, but. Mm Guys that did got a, a tie. Yeah. That was an ejection seat tie from the factory. Yeah. Because they knew, well, the plane's down and they ordered a new airplane. Gosh, man. So. Well, you had said something earlier, too, I want to hit on that's so important. You said if you are going to get carry a firearm to get the training. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For, like, where do they start? Where do people go? What's the first thing that you usually recommend for people that, A, want to, because we all know buying a gun and then getting your concealed carry license, that's those are very different steps. Right. <laughs> yeah, so very different phases. Steps. Right. Then you go to your local range or you get with a group of people that are all interested in the same thing and get some instruction out there. You know, I would do that. Like I said, for the girls, I'm not the best shot. I'm pretty good. I think I'm better than average, but I know how to teach and I love teaching. I love, I love taking guys and girls from a shaking, you know, to yeah. a confident by the end of the day, they're putting rounds <laughs> down range. And Give them some basic skills, but make sure they keep going. Because mm-hmm. in SWAT, we went eight hours a week and wow. shot. Wow. We went through a lot of bullets. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were pretty good at what we do. Sure. You know, or did. And uh, you just got you just can't get the, and you're right. A lot of people just get the CHL and get their gun, mm-hmm. fire no their way. 15 bullets or whatever yeah. it is these days in yep. Texas, at least. Yep. And they think they're good to go. Well, yeah. you're not. Mm-hmm. You're probably more dangerous than mm-hmm. you were before. Yeah, we've actually you're... got some future guests coming on the show that we're going to talk yeah. about that yeah. exact oh, really? same thing. Or it's the ones that get it and then just throw it in their purse and never yeah. think about it again. And Ooh. it's, I, I'm just it's, like, that's not really doing anything for right. <laughs> you're bringing a gun to a fight. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. And that other person might know more about it. And is it giving you right? a false sense of security? Yeah. You know, is it then lowering actually the, the mental preparation that you should be doing? Because when it's on not. my body, I am constantly, you know, I am you know aware of there. where it's at. Right. I know how, how I'm going to draw. And when I switch locations, because, you know, sometimes I'll run appendix, sometimes yeah. I'll run with it, uh, like the five o'clock location. But I'm like, if I change it up, I'm thinking through my head, okay, where is it? And when I sit down, like, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, you can feel it. It's not comfortable carrying a firearm with watch, you all the watch time. Watch cops on different shows, yeah. only like real TV shows about cops. And I did it my whole career when I was in my patrol uniform. When I was in SWAT, I'd, you'd see me reach down by my, my hip holster. <laughs> yeah. Is it there? <laughs> where is and it? Yeah. If I was sitting there talking to somebody with my elbow, mm-hmm. I'd reach right. up and yeah. bump yeah. that pistol yep. because... Every once in a while, mm-hmm. something. Ha- I've been in a raid van where my holster released my pistol yep. because oh, it was just geez. getting old and it dropped down in the seat. I, I felt it, but things happen. Yeah. I've seen guys work half a shift without a gun in their holster because oh. they forgot to hold it. They didn't think about it. And, and did you check the condition of your firearm before right. you left your house? Do you know that you've got one loaded into the chamber? Do you know if your safety is on? Do you know if it's off? Like, are you aware of these things? And right. I mean, it's a, and it goes without 
saying like I will I will do a quick little yep, press check. Always. I'll just double. I'll make sure. And when I change my firearms, I've got Glocks. I've got Sigs. I've got some with safety, like they, some without yeah. safety. You know. So I'm those platform. The platforms are different. So we're mm -hmm. going to be changing that up. You've got to know what you're taking on that day. Yeah. And if I was with you at the range, that's funny. You just said that. You said, "Hey, let me do a quick press check." I'd go, "What? That's awesome." <laughs> if I threw that lingo out to you, <laughs> but, you know, like, let me the, do a quick the PC. Converse is true. Getting, getting back to your question about suspects and their guns, their guns are usually dirty. Mm -hmm. They have a variety of bullets in them. If they're a revolver, they'll have five or six different types of rounds in it. They're all the same oh caliber. They're rusty. They blow up. They don't practice. They don't clean. Right. Them. Right. And I'm as guilty as the next person about cleaning my weapon. Yeah. You know, it, you just, I'll get to it in a little. That's bit. why I carry a Glock because uh, <laughs> you don't have to clean those very often. Self-cleaning oven. <laughs> still gonna, still gonna run just fine. No, I'm just kidding. You have to clean your Glock. Yeah. Um, you do. But, but I think too, I'm like criminals aren't gonna spend the money to get a hollow point either most of the time. No. no. You know? they're, they're gonna get whatever the person they stole it from. Right. Had in right. It. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, at least if maybe I run. It. Is this a misconception? If you run in a zigzag pattern, they're probably not gonna hit you. No, that's getting an offset. Yeah, that's a tougher shot. Because I'm like, they probably aren't going to the range practicing. And if they do happen to hit you, it's going to be with probably not a hollow point here, people. No, it's going to be ball ammunition. Yeah. Which is just, it can be just as bad depending sure. on where, where, they, where you yeah. get hit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and they, don't, they don't really train. You've, I've seen videos right. of people in prison training on how to get away from cops that are patting them down and stuff like that. But they don't train. We were chasing a guy back in the early 90s. And uh, he was shooting at us. We were going through the woods, and he was doing the old pow, pow. And he, then he went, pow. And we went, who got him? Problem solved. And the guy yeah. in front of me said, he shot himself. And oh Homicide got there and said, everybody line up. Who shot him? And we're like, that dude shot himself. <laughs> no training. Yeah. And that happens all the time yeah. with suspects. But sadly, Well, that translates officers, to other people, too. Yeah. That it could be. I mean, you hear about the people all the time that don't practice drawing from concealment, mm -hmm. put their finger on that trigger yep. and happen to end up shooting themselves in the leg or doing something that is very negligent. It's not accidental. There are no I don't like when people yeah. call it accidental discharge. Negligent. That's a negligent yeah. discharge yeah. because you should never have that finger on right. your trigger until you are ready to actually destroy what it is that you're mm -hmm. pointing that firearm and at. I can't, I'm so glad you hit on that. I can't stand it when people say, it just went off. No, it doesn't. No, they don't. This made it go exactly. off. Exactly. <laughs> That's something you see in the movies. Yeah. Your gun falls down the stairs <laughs> and, and goes off in the movies. That yeah, doesn't happen. Really. Like, you have to pull the trigger. You have yeah. to activate it. You have to do something to make that thing go off. But that is why I didn't carry on body for the longest time. Yeah. Because even though I... I knew that. I knew that concept. I had been around firearms. I was like two years into my journey with actually learning about guns. And I remember thinking, eh, like, what if? Like, what if I got the one gun that just happens to go off by itself in my yeah. purse? <laughs> it doesn't. So it was education. It was right, training for me to finally get to say, no, like, I, I know where it is on my body. I carry in safe places and positions. And then I know keep it pointed in a safe direction to not put my finger on that trigger until I need You're to pull the to trigger. Mm -hmm. But these yep. are all like basic. These are the basics that anyone needs to learn and know mm -hmm. before carrying a firearm. So it goes back to, you know, the woman who then just buys a gun and puts it in her back because she just doesn't know. And it's just like, no, it's, it, it, it's the, that's good. That is where that false insecurity mm -hmm. comes in, and you have no idea of how to use it, whether you're putting it in your bag and your nightstand or you're deciding to carry it if you've had no training or don't need to understand the basic. And I've seen both men and women that weren't, you have to be, like you were talking about, press check. Be familiar with what you're buying. Mm -hmm. I've seen people go, I would say at a public range, I'd say, hey, can I take a look at your pistol? 
and they'd take the mag out and I'd go, they're handing me a loaded gun. Yeah. Like, yeah. It only oh takes gosh. one. And I'm yep, like, hey, yep. well, why don't we kick this one out? Right. You know, mm-hmm. and they don't understand their weapon system. And so many people, yeah. civilians mostly, we get enough training, but think, oh, you slide that mag out and that's an empty gun. Yeah, no. Or you slide it in and it's a charged gun. Yep. It's not. Well, that's that. It goes again. The Four basic rules of firearm safety is also to treat every gun as if it's loaded. So if you're going to treat that gun that's loaded before you even hand it off to somebody, I'm going to check. Even if I know it's empty, I'm still going to check it. I'm going to lock that slide back before, and I'm going to show you, hey, it's empty, and here you go, hand it to you in a safe direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Stick your finger, in, mm-hmm. we stick our finger in our partner's gun, yeah. and it's, like, okay, you're clear. Yeah, I remember just like that basic when I first started learning, you know, just manipulating a firearm and shooting, is that I used to have, I would walk myself through, like, out loud, okay, drop the mag, crack the slide, just to, sure. like, get into that. And, like, I remember once I got to the point where I just was like, I just did it, and I was like, oh, I know. Like I do this every single mm-hmm. time. Like Back I know. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's if just anyone like, hands you a firearm, right, I, know. I still check like, it. Even yeah. if I watch them empty Don't everything out, you I am still going to check it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to. You I have to. I don't care if it's the best shooter right. in the world. Yep. They hand it to you. They're not going to get mad at you if they know anything about it. Right. You're going to clear it. I check them at gun stores. Yeah. Like when, oh. I, when I go to the gun store, I'm like, they don't have any loaded weapons in these cases. I don't care. Until they do. Until they right. do. Like, and until you do. And I'm going to treat every single one the same so that you can put that memory and that muscle mm-hmm. memory into practice. Right. So it needs to become can... second nature. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to talk about things like, I mean, if you're in a, you're backed up into a position where you may be in a gun fight. Yeah. You got to start a thinking about concealment and cover, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not the same. Concealment's hidden. Mm-hmm. Cover is, you know, hard cover. Mm-hmm. And taking positions and not popping out at the same spot. Now, we're kind of getting into more cop work. Most suspects, if you shoot at them, they're going to beat feet. <laughs> yeah. they're running. But if you get the one guy, and there's always a one percenter mm-hmm. that is going to stay and fight until they get whatever they want. Sure. It's your wallet, your body, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we, we call them one percenters, and we, we get them in SWAT, and we'll be on a call out. And about one in a hundred, we go, this guy's not coming out alive, either mm. by our hand or his own. Yeah. You can just tell. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, those are the scariest ones. And they're driving around these streets. Now, I don't want, when I say this is a dangerous world, it is. But I don't want people to, you know, just be completely paranoid. Right. You know, it's a good, right. safe world, generally speaking. Yeah, it's all relative. What's the best way to not be prepared? I mean, not be paranoid, though. It, be prepared. Right? <laughs> I stay in a constant state of paranoia. So. <laughs> You're just always paranoid. 30 years and they call it being a lizard. You're looking yeah. around for yeah. something that's trying yeah. to get you. But no, I think you just have to, like you said, have your escape route planned mm-hmm. out. When you go in a restaurant, you know all cops sit with their back. And we'll fight over looking yep. at that door. Yes, who gets <laughs> to know? be the one right. to always, me and my husband do the same thing. I'm like, flipping a, a coin today because I don't want my back yeah. towards everybody. Right. <laughs> well, at that lunch yesterday, they had some balloons up. Yeah. And we left the luncheon area and we went over to the bar. Imagine that, a bunch of SWAT guys. <laughs> and there were a bunch of the housewives girls there too. And they started popping all the balloons because they were cleaning up. And all of a sudden we hear, oh. pop, pop, pop. And all of us, no. they're like, what's wrong with you guys? And I'm like, we're about to return fire. But they were in there, Leanne being yeah. one, pop, 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 yeah, pop. And gosh. just for a second, you know, we're all like, ooh. And it's just built into us. So mm-hmm. my, my 
view of the world. You know, we see the underbelly for yeah, 30 years. Yeah. I know there are nice people out there. I know there is a silent majority that loves police officers. Mm -hmm. They're just the vocal minority that doesn't, you know? Yeah. And they're the first ones to call mm -hmm. when they get scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why did you decide to now start telling the story? I've been trying to tell it to anybody that'll listen, you know, but it's, it's a sad story. Mm -hmm. And people don't want to hear stories like that, you know? At, at least some of the people that I'm around, you know, you, you two are completely different. You know, you're like, tell me the story mm -hmm. so we can learn from it. Yeah. Other people will go, why are you telling me this? Because it's not going to happen to me. And it just shuts me off. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen to you. Well, it's the thing that, like, yeah. you know, it's, you're not going to be able to change their mind or get them to, to see anything in any different. Like, I want this story to be it. heard by yes. every woman. It, I want them everyone to mm -hmm. hear this it'd be a great service to diana mm -hmm. i i totally agree yeah. it would it would be that nothing was happened in vain mm -hmm. right you know right. if something good was able to come out of such a tragic right. situation a preventable mm -hmm. tragedy mm -hmm. a, a preventable, preventable tragedy it might have been as simple as not having her earbuds on and hearing that truck coming up mm -hmm. behind her or having a weapon and yep. turning around and going because hmm, mm -hmm. he had a knife yeah and it happens at our work every once in a while don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Absolutely. You know, and if she would have turned around with a pistol and she knew how to use it, mm -hmm. that guy's going to beat feet. He's not right. going to be around there. Yeah. Almost, almost close to. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but no, I, I just, I'm in a position now that I'm retired. I'm a reserve. I can go out and speak freely mm -hmm. about things and I'm not representing the Dallas yeah. Police Department. I can't get in trouble. And yeah. I don't think anybody would get mad at me about telling this story, you know, but. Even departments, all of them, are like, okay, are you telling people all to go out and buy guns? Well, not we're not. Right. Some people can't and shouldn't. But mm -hmm. I'm telling if you if you can and you're willing to use it mm -hmm. and get some training, yeah. go do it and you won't end up the way Diane yeah. did. Yeah. Well, I want everybody to hear this. So, ladies and gentlemen, if this has touched you tonight, if you've got a young woman, an older woman, any woman in your life that could benefit from hearing something like this, just to give them that little extra boost to encourage them to think about their safety, mm -hmm. learn how to be self-reliant, uh, take steps to be prepared in their life, especially when they're exercising. Mm -hmm. uh, please like right. and share and tag one of your friends and pass this along. But outside of that, where can people go and follow you and find out more about information about you and what yeah. you got going on? I put stuff like this on my Twitter account at Rich Emberlin, um, my Facebook account, Rich Emberlin, and uh, richemberlin.com, the website. Okay, right, excellent. So. Well, in the next season of The Real Housewives of Dallas has not been announced yet what day it's going to be on, be but, <laughs> but the new season starts this fall, so yep. can't wait to see yeah. you, and I really hope we see a, an episode of all those housewives <laughs> going to the range. Yeah. I can't wait to see what they're As long as they're not the shooting range. at each other, that's entirely possible. <laughs> I bet they're a good shot with their yeah. high heels on, oh, I can tell you sure, that. Those probably. Dallas women know uh, how to yeah. do it right. <laughs> they so, bring it. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us today, so Rich, much, Rich. And thank you guys so much for joining in to our very, very first, first episode, episode of the Not Your Average Gun Girl show. We will see you back here with Ops Lens TV. Same time, same place every week.
The Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast and its related companies, Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com, strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.